Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. All right. In today's show, I am super excited to welcome Mike Romo. Uh, Mike is involved with the PHP agency and is a retired captain out of Albuquerque. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Ryan. I, I really appreciate the invite to uh, to come on here, man. This is a, a fantastic opportunity. Thank you. No, absolutely, man. I'm, ha- I'm happy to have you. Um, you know, we've we've had some Pretty awesome guests, um, you know, and I expect that obviously to continue today. Um, you know, we uh, want to, you know, highlight other first responders that own businesses, talk about, you know, their stories, um, you know, what led them to where they are today, um, talk a little bit about their businesses, uh, get that out there for the viewers. So that way, if, you know, anybody feels a need to contact you for your, you know, business offerings that, uh, you know, we can have those those links in the in the show notes. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, gather up some business for you at the same time. So, um, again, thanks for coming on. Um, so let's, let's go a little bit in the chronological order here. We've been doing this for a couple of episodes now. Um, you know, it seemed to bode well for the last, uh, last couple of guests. So, uh, we'll start there. Um, you know, you were in the fire service for how long? Uh, I was, uh, Full-time career for 19 and a half years. I took a, took some early retirement when I had the opportunity to. Awesome. Nothing wrong yeah. with that, man. I yeah, got, I hope I get to that point. <laughs> man, I, I, I got to tell you, this is my, this is my standard joke for people. I said, well, you know, just like, uh, just like your medications and your milk in the fridge expire. I said, so do paramedics sometimes. And that's, that was when I chose to, to step out of the, step off the job and, uh, and do that. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, you just get, you get burned out after a while and. I mean, shit, I, I still got a long time to go, but, uh, <laughs> but hopefully eventually I can, I can retire hopefully early as well. But, uh, nice. so, you did, so you did 19 and a half at, and out in Albuquerque. Um, when did you, uh, when did you start out there? So kind of a weird thing. I, uh, I actually started in, uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico in 1996. Um, okay. I was there for a short time. I'm not from there, but it was a, it was an available job. And uh, very soon after that, I got the opportunity and I came up to uh, uh, Albuquerque, but it was Bernalillo County was the county fire department that surrounds the city of Albuquerque. And so I got to uh, work with them and started in 97. And then I lateraled over to the city fire department. Uh, they ran their first ever in a hundred year history. They'd never run a lateral paramedic firefighter class. So they were, they were short. And so they, uh, they hired a bunch of us in June of 2001. And so I always tell folks, uh, I was in the fire Academy on nine 11 oh, that day. So that yeah. was a, that was a seminal moment in my career, you know, but, uh, and then I just, I just continued on promoted up the ranks and I retired in uh, December of 2015. So coming up on seven years of, uh, of retirement, man, Wow, which has gone pretty dang fast. I will say, I was just going to say, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I mean, even just, the career, the career itself, you know, from, from start just to, just to the day of your retirement, I'm sure just was a blink of an eye. I mean, it seems like a blink of an eye for me and I'm obviously nowhere near, you know, 20 or 30 years yet. So, but, uh, it just seems like, you know, time flies in this job. That's for sure. 
Yeah. And especially nowadays, I think time is moving faster now. Seems like it's moving faster now than it ever has been. So, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that's twofold. I think departments nationwide are busier than they've, ever, than they've ever been in the history of their departments. I know we are. Um, you know, we've, right. the last few, few years, we've run more calls than, you know, we've ever have before. And, um, you know, and then secondly, you know, I think that uh, especially with people that listen to this podcast that are, you know, starting their, uh, you know, potentially starting a business on the side, or, you know, maybe they're looking into it. And uh, once you get that going, um, and then you're running your your career, your career job or your part-time job, however, um, you have it set up. And then now you have the side business that you're working with too. And that just eats up time. And it just, you know, it feels like it goes by. I, there's so many times I look at the calendar. I'm like, holy crap, we're in November right now. Right. And like, <laughs> where did the summer go? Like, it's going to start snowing here in Chicago soon, you know? Oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And it's, uh, and then, you know, and then you couple it with, you know, if you're working a, a side hustle along yeah. with your side business, along with overtime, you know, it's sometimes it, uh, you know, when I was with the, with the city, we worked a 48 on and 96 off. And, uh, and so I, I kept track of my days This is my first day, second day or day off one, two, three, four. And those days were always working somewhere, whether it was overtime, my, my side job, one of my side jobs or a side business or something else. It was always doing something. So it was just, you know, when do I need to do the uniform laundry? Right. (laughs) Yep. How did you, uh, how did you like the 4896? We do uh, 2448s up here. Uh, you know, it's weird. I worked at 2448 in Carlsbad and in Bernalillo County, okay. and it was tough because the uh, I always seemed like I was either trying to wind down or trying to spin back up on the 40 on the 2448. Mm-hmm. The, the 4896 had some good points and some bad points. I mean, it depended on where you worked and what kind of crew you work with, which is I'm not telling you anything new. You, right. know, you can have the best crew in the worst place and have an awesome time. Yep. Or have the worst crew in the best station and have a miserable time. And and it all goes in between there, right? Mm-hmm. So we did, I mean, I worked some of the busiest trucks in the city. And we we did stand up 48 sometime when it was just, you just ran for two straight days. Yeah. And it was it was miserable. And then there were other days that you were, you were fortunate, you got to sleep both nights. And, and yeah. you wake up and go, man, they paid me for that? <laughs> you know? But then they, it, it always came back the next cycle, you know, so it was just that way. But so there's good and bad, and it all depends on your crew and where you're at, for yeah, sure. A hundred percent. There's been so many times that you know you you sleep through one night, and it's like, oh, all right, this is good, this is good, and I'm not going to say anything because if I do, I'm going to jinx it, oh, and yeah. we're going to be up all night the next night. And you know, there's been a couple times where you know there's we run our balls off, you know, one of the nights, and then. um you know, the very next, the very next shift. And it's just, it's just peaceful and quiet and you don't want to say anything. You just go to bed and think it, you're thinking it. And you're like, I can't say it out loud. It's like Beetlejuice. Say it. Don't say the the Q word, man. Don't say the Q word. (laughs) Yeah. And go, I I, I cherish those nights. That's for sure. I mean, there's, there's been a couple 48s that I've worked that, uh, you know, I've slept all night, but, um, you know, those are becoming few and far in between, unfortunately. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. It's the nature sure. of the beast. 
It is. I mean, it's just the way it is. Sometimes it's it's just where the where the die falls and 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 who's taking the call that day. Especially if somebody's in training, or if you got a big incident going on, they've got to relocate units. You know, Albuquerque's a it's not a big city. It's a, I call it a big small town, mm-hmm. but it's spread out. So you know, you wind up with a two alarm job on one end of town. Mm-hmm. Um, the second alarm, they don't even dispatch the next due. They they'll dispatch from across the city to keep having to relocate units sometime. That was what was going on when I was there. So, you know, there was times I wound up from, you know, the North Valley, which you have no idea where that is, but the North Valley is pretty far from the foothills, you know, being on a, on a second alarm into the foothills. uh, And you're like, why are we going? Oh, okay. Cause they're, cause when we, if they send the next one, they're just going to move us to the next station. So at least we'll go on, we'll go, we'll go, we'll do some work. Right. Yeah. You'll get some work on somebody else's calls. Right. (laughs) Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what, what led you to get into the fire service? Was it, uh, you know, I ask this question all the time. Um, I've gotten a very wide range of answers, which is cool. Right. Cause then you can see, um, you know, what path each person took and what led them to it. Um, you know, some people it's been a it's been a uh, traumatic experience that they experienced when they were younger that said, "Hey, you know what? I want to do that." You know, others it's just been a self um, a sense of service, uh, which I sense that's uh, you know that's where you're uh, you're going to be in. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so how how did you get into the fire service? Crazy story. So I was a I started at New Mexico State University in 1991 mm-hmm. as a mechanical engineering major of all things, and I was. I was terrible in math. I went to a small high school, didn't have a good math background, just struggled and struggled and struggled. And one summer I had enough money to pay rent or pay tuition, but I couldn't do both. So I wasn't going to take summer classes in Las Cruces. So I went back home, you know, a little town in, you know, Eastern New Mexico called Vaughn, New Mexico. And I was stuck there. Well, it's a tiny town and there's really only three places to get jobs. If your family owns a restaurant or a gas station, or if there happens to be road construction. That's the summer jobs. Well, none of that was happening that summer. So I had nothing to do. So there I am, like 20 years old, bored out of my skull. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what to do. And a friend of mine that I went to high school with, his mom ran the volunteer ambulance service there. Okay. And so I called her up and I said, Cheryl, I'm totally, I'm bored. Can I ride along for the summer just to be an extra set of hands, see what you guys do. And she's like, here you go. Here's a pager. Here's a radio. Here's a uniform. Here's this. Come to the station. Let me, let me show you around. She was super excited. I get down there. I'm like, okay, cool. This is cool. Ran a few calls that summer, fairly busy for a little town. Mm -hmm. Went back to, to school, decided to take an EMT basic class. Thought, you know what? I'll be an engineer, volunteer as an EMT in my community, give back. Okay. So there you go. There's a service already. You picked it out, right? So Mm -hmm. there's that. Well, very quickly, I realized that engineering was not my future and, and, and EMS was. Fast forward next semester, I take the EMT intermediate class. And then they're coming up on testing for paramedic school in, in March. And my instructors approach me and they're like, hey, we think you should test out because we think you do really well. So I had to call my parents and go, hey, I'm changing my major. Man, that was a painful conversation to have. <laughs> Mom's a school teacher, so not, not, a, not what she's looking for. Yeah. So. So I try out, I get into paramedic school and I'm, and I'm just going to be an ambulance jockey. You know, I'm just, I'm, I have, I'm like, these firemen are crazy running into burning buildings. Who does that? Fast forward. I move off campus out the outskirts of Las Cruces. I join a volunteer fire department because I just want to run rescue calls. I just want to run EMS calls. Well, they tell me, well, that's fine. You can go on those calls. 
But because you're part of the fire department, you're going to learn how to be a firefighter. Whether you fight fire or not, you're going to do the training, and that's what's going to be. Roger that. Mm-hmm. So I learn. I you know learn how to put on bunker gear, learn how to don an SCBA. We do some small firefighting there. One night coming home from clinicals, there's a booming commercial structure fire in our district. So I grab my gear and I head down there in case somebody needs medical care, right? Yeah. Well, the captain goes, hey, put your stuff on. Go man that hose line. I'm like, uh, wide-eyed going, what? And he's like, go, you know what you're doing. Go do that. So I'm like, okay. I get down there. There's another officer there shows me what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah. And in in a in a few moments, I just realized, yeah, this is what I have to do. So in that moment, I was like, I gotta be a firefighter. I'm not, I'm not gonna ride the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Like it changed it completely paradigm shifted me. And uh and after that, I finished paramedic school, applied in Carlsbad, moved to Bernalillo County, moved to Albuquerque. And that was that was that. It just it was this boom, 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 you know. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Kind of a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, I think most of us, you know, when we uh we were going through medic school, um, and you know, you're just like, yeah, this is, you know, this is cool and everything. I mean, I'm, you know, it is the majority of our, our job nowadays. Um and you're just like, man, like, can I just ride on the, you know, the truck or the engine all day? You know, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like, man, I really don't want to ride on that ambulance. And, um, but, you know, it is what it is. I think, I think most people are, you know, get into it because of the fireside and then quickly realize that, yeah, the fires are great and everything. You know, we do get them every once in a while. And then, but the majority of the job is, is EMS. Um, yep, but sure. in, in most places, right. Um, so you ended up in Albuquerque and, um, you know, you, you spent your, the rest of your career there. Uh, you retired as a captain, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, when we talk about a sense of service, there's, um, a few different types of leadership styles out there right now. You were in a leadership position, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're a company officer. Um, yeah. so, when we talk about leadership, there's obviously different styles. Um, there's one in particular that I tend to fall in, I guess. Um, and not, I'm not an officer uh, as of yet, but um, I do tend to steer towards this leadership um, style, which is servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that uh, I've modeled a lot of my life uh, based on service. Um, you know, between the fire department, the, um, charity and, and, um, you know, now I help businesses, you know, grow as well. Um, you know, and, um, I, I think that that leadership style is, is very powerful in my opinion. Um, totally agree. So I, I know that you, that you are that type of leader. Um, and if you can, are there any examples that you can give that, uh, you know, that this leadership style paid off or, um, or maybe an, or the instance that you realized, Hey, you know what, this is my leadership style. You know, it's specific examples. I, I think there's probably a ton, but, uh, from the, from the fire service specifically, I actually have three. Um, okay. 
And it was my first my first engine crew. So I was on the rescue for on the on the you know the ambulance. We call it a rescue here, but it's just a mm-hmm. glorified ambulance. That's what it is. There's there's, there's bunker gear and SCBAs on it, so it's a rescue, not an ambulance. But uh-huh. that's that's what we call them. So I was on the rescue for a long time, and then when I finally promoted to captain, I got my first engine company assignment, and that was uh, engine ten up in the North Valley, and uh, it was kind of the spot I wanted when I was a rescue driver. I looked at that captain slot and thought, I want to be the captain on engine ten someday. And it came, it came, it came to pass for me. Well, I had a great crew there. The first crew I had, you know, Jason, Gabe, and Dominic um, were just, they were my first crew. I'd known Jason for a long time. Gabe and Dominic were, they were cadet classmates. Um, uh, Dominic's dad was a driver that I worked with. So he's, he was a second generation. And then Gabe's stepdad was, was also a driver that I work with. Um, Gabe's a little older. He's a little closer to my age. He was, he had a, he had a career in financial services before he came to the fire service, which is kind of funny, but um, they were the crew. We bonded so well. And I think the three stories of leadership are Jason went from being my driver uh, to being my relief when he promoted to Lieutenant. So I was able to be part of his promotional process. He, we sat and talked a lot about leadership running calls, dealing with the, tr- the problems, all those kinds of things. You know, that's yeah. not the, it's not the running command at the fire scene. That's the easy part. It's when your guy comes in chronically late, you got to have that talk. You know, when, when you have guys that are not, not willing to pitch in, you got to have those, those discussions. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, and then, and then I, I always, I always told my guys, you know, I will never ever send you to do something that I wouldn't do or haven't already done. I said, and at the end of the day, I'm going to be right there next to you anyway. So, you know, let's go do this. And the, and the other part about how I ran my, my truck was, was that I always told the guys, look, speak up, you know, the, the, the crew resource management, right. I I don't know if that's still a big deal in the, in the fire service. It had just started to come in, but I always believed that look, just because I'm the captain doesn't mean I know and see everything. Right. So, Hey cap, I got this thing out my side. What do you got? Hey, look, I'm, I'm seeing this over here. Tell me about it. I'm not going to get mad if you tell me about it. I'm going to make the decision, but, you know, and it may not be the decision you want to hear, but like, yeah, we're going to stand by a hydrant. We're not going in on this one because we're, we're second in, mm-hmm. um, but let me know, tell me, don't be afraid to bring something up. Always bring it to my attention. And this is how you do that when it's not me, when it's somebody else. And so I talked to Gabe quite a bit. We're so all three of us are still, all four of us are still good friends, but I talked to Gabe quite a bit and uh, he promoted to driver and he's one of the, he's one of the senior drivers now. And he does the same thing with his new guys. The same thing I did. He, he just, he's kind of the, he's kind of the old man. Like he's like the, if, if you've ever seen uh, we were soldiers with uh, oh, yeah. Mel Gibson and Sam Elliott, right. He's kind of yeah. like Sam Elliott, right. <laughs> he, he's the, he's the Sergeant major Plumley of his crew, you know, this uh-huh. grumpy old guy, but he'll teach you everything. And he, he, he's told me a couple of times that, if the lessons I taught him are, are what he passes on. And I'm very humbled by that. And, and the last one is Dominic, you know, they were both firefighters. They promoted to driver, Lieutenant and, and Dominic just made the captain's list. Awesome. And, and he tells me that he has adopted a lot of the, the, the leadership techniques that I, that I taught them. And so I'm very humbled by that, knowing that I have at least a couple of guys still on the job that have the same ethos I did. Yeah. That's, and, and, that's awesome. It, it's it's so humbling. I, I I feel like I'm bragging to tell you about it, but no, I'm bragging about no. them because they're so successful. Yeah, absolutely, so, and, it, and it's yeah. not bragging because you because you want to, as a leader. Um, this is the way I look at it, and you know if I'm if I'm able to 
uh, bring up the next generation of leaders or the next, um, you know, person to fill my position if I were in that position. Um, I would want to make sure that that person is bet was better than I ever was. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's, that's what servant leadership is about. It's about yeah. serving your, serving your, um, your team. And, um, you know, I, I hate to use the word, uh, um, oh my God, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, I hate to use the word employees or, um, you know, whatever, whatever other word that I'm subordinates right now. Subordinates. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't like using it because you're, you're not demeaning them, but you're, you're lowering the value of them, I think. And if you refer to them as your team, which that's what you are, especially in the fire service, you're a team. Yep. You know, this, this, this isn't a one man, a woman show. No. No. So, um, no, that's, that's really cool. That is, uh, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Very it's, cool. It's, it's so, you know, and it's so crazy because all that was learned just on the job, you know, and not the yeah. best. And at the time, you know, I don't know what the, what the training is like now. I don't know what the, the leadership, the personal development, professional development looks like now. I mean, I've been out of the, out of that job for a long time, Yeah. but it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't want to segue too soon, but that's a lot of what we do where I work now in the financial services world. Our, our, our business model, our company model is based on leadership. And mm -hmm. I've read more leadership books in the last year and a half than, I mean, you can see my library behind me. I'm very proud of my oh, yeah. library up here. I got, I got but, a couple of those books right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got the, I've got the John Maxwell section over here because yep. he's the servant leader guru. He's the guy in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, we rely on him tremendously. Yep. And when I first read that book, the the blue one back there, the five levels of leadership, mm -hmm. uh, man, that was a kind of a, that was kind of a punch in the gut, kick in the face, because <laughs> I saw how many times I had been a level one leader. I'm in charge, do what I say, you know, yeah, and right. man, that is not, that is not the that way to, to be a true servant leader. Yeah. That authoritarian, authoritative style. Uh, yeah. Authoritarian. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's that's that's it's an it's an effective leadership in 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 a, in a narrow set of circumstances. Yes. Like like 100%. a five percent agree. Yep. Like a cardiac arrest. Like mm -hmm. an extrication. I'm the yep. I'm the yep. boss. I'm the captain. I'm the lieutenant. Whatever. I'm the chief. Mm -hmm. You go do this now. Roger that, sir. That's fine in those situations, but yeah. um, it's changed a lot for me. I wish I, to to go back in time. I would have read all these books, you know. Then, yeah. And, uh, I, if I would say to anything to anybody in the anybody in the in the fire service, EMS service, you work in the ER as a as a nurse, as a tech, as a as a doctor, as a physician, as an in, as a nurse practitioner, whatever you know, wherever you work, a police officer, sheriff's deputy. Those books, I think, are integral in shaping you as a better, better as a better operator, whatever level you're at, whether mm -hmm. you're a firefighter, a driver, um, a battalion chief, whatever, that they make you a better person and they make you a better they make you better in your position because you understand, like you said, how to make the next the next generation better. Yeah, I agree. Um I got to read that five levels of leadership book still. I got uh, John Maxwell's uh, The 21 Most Powerful Minutes on a Leader's Day right here. Um, so still working my, or I, I, eh, that one I haven't started yet. Um, but 
it's on the shelf yeah. ready to ready to rock but he's uh he's a great mind in the in that in servant leadership so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to dive into his stuff that's for sure yeah it's he's awesome and I, it's just those things that i i i don't know that uh i don't know that the trend in the fire service is leaning that way I'm like, you know, we always had reading lists for every promotional exam, right? I'm sure yeah. you do the same thing in your department, mm-hmm. right? You got to yep. that SOGs, SOPs, whatever they call them, plus maybe two or three books. Uh, usually if it's like a, if it's a driver's promotion, right? There's a pumping apparatus or an aerial apparatus book. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the lieutenant's list, you know, the lieutenant's stack, the driver's stack is like this. The lieutenant's stack is like this. The captain's stack is like <laughs> this. And the, the chief's stack is like this, right? Yep. Of reading, right? So the right books are, I think are important. And I, I don't know that we ever got at my time back when in my, back in my day, right. <laughs> that we got as good of books as we, as we could have. And I think it was just, uh, ignorance. They just didn't know. Yeah, no, didn't I know what you didn't know. No, I, I agree. And I think that this, that leadership should be taught or at least start to be taught in the fire Academy. Mm-hmm. And I, cause it's never too early to start thinking about what your leadership style is going to be because you, you could be a leader without being an officer. Right. You know, and you know, they can be anybody on the shift, you know, you can, you can look up to. Um, so why not start that, that thinking in the, in the Academy, you know, what, yeah. you, you know, um, started early on in the career. So you can start dabbling in different, um, you know, get your mind rolling in different directions. Maybe, you heard of a book or two that you didn't hear about before. Maybe you, maybe you didn't know about John C. Maxwell, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can, you know, pick up, pick up a book or two from him. And, you know, yeah. you're just opening, you're opening people's eyes a little bit more um, at that instance versus just more or less throwing them to the wolves when it's promotion time. It's, Oh, Hey, Lieutenant's test is coming up. Um, here's the books. You got uh, five years on a job. Cool. You can go take the test. Okay. Yeah. You I mean, yeah, you got to have, <laughs> Um, you know, some of the um, company fire officer certifications and stuff that we have um, in Illinois here. But um, but even in there, you know, I don't there's not a ton. It, they they talk about the styles of leadership, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you like you were referring to. Right. Um, but they don't necessarily um, dive into each one and why one might be better than the other or um, vice versa, you know, like the authoritarian um, type leadership that is applicable in some situations, um, right. you know, or maybe, you know, Hey, why don't you take something from each of these and mold your own or, you know, it's just stuff like that. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't happen. Or at least it didn't when I went to those um, classes, um, you know, a number, a few years ago. Um, I don't know if they're doing that now, but you know, I'd have to ask some of the, um, guys that are taking it, but I, I really hope that they start placing that in more, um, you know, in the fire Academy and specifically the, the company officer classes that are out there. That'd be yeah, nice. You know, it's funny. You, you brought up a really interesting concept, like right early on to say, sometimes you're, you may be a leader, but you're not an officer. Yeah. One of the, one of the books I just listened, I listened to it on audio a few months ago, three, four months ago, it's called how to lead when you're not in charge. Okay by a guy named Clay Scroggins, who is a youth pastor. <laughs> that's, okay. how we, that's how we started. Ironically, yeah. you know, John C. Maxwell was a pastor. Yep. And it's an interesting book about leading when you're not actually in charge. You know, when you look at a group of, of people, 
just that just because somebody is the manager right the manager of a of a shift or the manager of a restaurant or a or whatever mm-hmm. there there's there, there might be one guy that everybody looks to that's not that person or one one gal that, that everybody looks to yeah. and they're the leader maybe they're not they don't have the the title but they have the skills mm-hmm. or the, the magnetism for that right yeah. and that was a that was a good read yeah, I'll have yeah, to. Sure. I'll have to uh, write that down and and pick that up, or at least yeah. look it up. Yeah, it's a good um, book. Good read. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so let's uh, we'll switch gears here. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. So you retired about seven years ago, um, and uh, you retired healthy. Um, I, I did. Hope, right. Bless. I'm blessed. I'm. I'm. I, as I say, blessed and highly favored. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. The, God was looking out for me. A hundred percent. It's that that's the goal, right? Yep. Retire, you know, 20, 30 years, but most importantly, retire healthy physically and mentally. Um, so um, congratulations on that. I know it's seven <laughs> years, seven years ago, but yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. And then you, uh, it, what did you do after right after the fire service? Did you get right into PHP or did you, or was there a little bit of a lag time there? No, I didn't. I didn't know anything about this industry. In fact, I tell people all the time if they when I retired, if somebody had put me pulled me aside, said, look, Mike, you might have to go back to work when you retire, you know, which means you're going to have to go back to work. Right. Mm -hmm. I want you to list 100 jobs that you might want to do in your retirement. And what I do now would have not been anywhere near that list because I was completely naive to this industry and this, this job that I do now, this business that I run. But I uh I stayed working part. So every, every, I'm sure, you know, you know, this, we've already had this talk. Every, every firefighter paramedic out there has, you know, one, two, three, four, five part-time jobs, right? Yeah. You work once a month here, twice a month there, once a week here, twice a week there, right? That's the normal, right? Well, one of my part-time jobs uh, here in Albuquerque, we have a a department of energy lab called Sandia national laboratories. Okay. So um, you guys have what you have Argon there in Mm -hmm. Illinois, right? Okay. So, so we're, we're a DOE lab. Um, and they have a, an EMS service, a par- they have paramedics that work there because of okay. the members of the workforce. You know, we have to be, we have to go in places that regular people that don't have clearances go. Right. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for 10 years, part-time, you know, before I oh, retired. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I worked there after I retired, I just stayed on part-time and I realized, you know what, I can't do this anymore, man. I'm, I'm, I'm at the end. I gotta, I gotta do something else. So I finished a, a bachelor's in emergency management. And uh, I thought I was going to do that. And I went through a couple of different job changes there at Sandia, got on full time. And, uh, and it turned out it, it just wasn't for me. You know, mm-hmm. once you're once you, it's so funny, you, you think it's the, the right thing for you from the look from the outside looking in, you're like, Oh, yeah, I want to do that. And then you in, then you get inside and you're like, this is not for me. And, uh, and I wound up, I wound up leaving Sandia labs, I was I was not happy where I was at. And uh, I realized I needed out. And so I, I put the, I put the open to work on, on LinkedIn, right. The little green mm-hmm. halo. Right. Yep. And, uh, and it's amazing because I had somebody from PHP reach out to me and, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't ready at that moment. Um, so we talked, we conversed briefly, sent me some information. I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. And, uh, you know, the, I was in a different job. I was in a, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I was in a, I was in a calibration lab and it was not for me. It, it turned out it just with that job was not for me. And, uh, I was of course, you know, pushing back. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way some of the things were done, even though I was, a, I was an apprentice. Right. So, you know, the yeah. union side, right. So, uh, I was an apprentice and I was pushing back 
because that was like, where, where's this reference? Where are these books? Where's this plan of instruction? Where's this, um, you know, where are these learning objectives? How, how can I, and they're, and they're like, we don't have any of that. How do you not have that? <laughs> and, uh, well, it's just all, it's all OJT person to person. And mm. I'm like, well, okay, this is not going well. So I would always bring problems and solutions. Well, finally, I got pulled into the office by my manager and he says, look, Mike, I need you to, I need you to slow down and take a step back. And, uh, that, that was it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. I got to do something else. Sure. So about three weeks later, another person from PHP reaches out to me on LinkedIn. I'm like, cool. I jump on a zoom call with them. They show me the opportunity. They show me what they do. I'm in the, here's the, here's the side note that set me up for this. So I had been, and I'm, I'm a, my hobby is metalwork. Okay. So I've been a blacksmith for about 10 years, self-taught, taking some nice. classes, but I had been building and I thought maybe I want to take my metal shop full time. I started welding. I bought a CNC plasma table and you're like, where's all this, right? None of this is on LinkedIn anymore. Cause I'm really not doing much of this stuff anymore, but I still had sure. a lot of the tools, but I was trying to learn to run this business. And so I was looking up videos on YouTube mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I stumbled across, this is the funny part. I stumbled across, uh, a guy interviewing these former mafia guys, you know, interviewing Sammy the Bull and Michael Francis and some of these mafia hitmen that are, I don't know, I don't know how they're not in prison, but they apparently they've paid their debt to society, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. But, but phenomenal interviews. And I'm not saying anything about the ethics of the mafia, but they are good businessmen, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they know how to run a business. The some right. of the things they would do are question of, of definitely questionable morality. But as business people, I mean, Godfather 2, phenomenal movie, great yep. business movie. Yep. Um, and then I start seeing the same guy. Turns out it's a guy named Patrick Bet David. And he starts, and I see these other videos that he's got. So he's got the mafia interview here. And the very next video is how to write a business plan. You know, hmm. top 10 mistakes entrepreneurs make. Um, how to be a, how to be an, how to go from being an entrepreneur to a whatever. And I'm like, so I start, I'm like, well, it's the same guy. Let me start watching this content. So I start watching his content and I'm, I, all of a sudden it resonates with me on all levels. So I'm just devouring Patrick's content back to where the PHP comes in. I get on this, on the zoom call. So it turns out. And so, and so Patrick runs a channel called valuetainment, you know, okay. it's like, it's like value and entertainment smashed together. So it's all yeah. these interviews. It's all these celebrities, athletes. Um, he did Kobe's last great interview before the helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. He's interviewed. Steve Wozniak, he's interviewed uh, Wayne Gretzky, Jordan Peterson multiple times. Um, and I'm just devouring his content because I want to run my metal shop. Yeah. Well, then they, 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 they message me about PHP. I go on, I sit there and then they're talking and, and it turns out that Patrick founded PHP agency huh. in 2009. Okay. And so I, so I asked my, I asked the guy I'm on the phone with and I says, so so you're telling me that the valuetainment guy is the PHP guy. And he says, yeah. And I said, and PHP is the business he founded that taught him the lessons that he teaches us on valuetainment. Yeah. I said, sign me up. It was that done. <laughs> I, I was, it was so weird. I was already invested in Patrick's content. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect. I'm in. Yeah. And so awesome. that's, that's how I started. I started part-time and then I, uh, you know, I had to make some tough choices about my job at, at Sandia. And I said, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm going to, I'm going to go do this full time. 
Awesome. So, uh, so I left in, uh, in February and, uh, I've been doing what I do now full-time doing, you know, financial services since then full-time. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Crazy, um, crazy set of coincidences. Nothing I could ever have written. There's no script to write, right? It's just, yeah. And that's what I, <laughs> that's what I love about this. You know, just asking people how they, how they get into their, uh, get into their specific industries or their, or their side hustles or, you know, whatever it may be. And there's some pretty cool stories out there and um, just how the way things line up and um, you know, God obviously uh, is looking out, you know, in, in, in some way and connecting those dots. And um, yeah, it's, that's really cool. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, and I'll be honest, um, you know, God has a, I, I just, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible. I can't remember where it's from, but it's the strong hand of God will guide you. Mm-hmm. And and what, what that, what that, what that means to me is this head is pretty thick. So you're not getting it. So we're going to, we're going to let you go into this place and we're going to let you make it worse for yourself. And we're going to let you make it even worse for yourself. And at some point you'll come to this realization, Mike Romo, that you need to do something else. And that's what I think happened to me <laughs> in that case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it all, the stars aligned perfectly and, um, you know, you were able to make that jump and make that decision. So, um, now explain to the, to the listeners, um, what PHP does, like what, I know you're saying financial services, but you know, what do you offer? Um, you know, what's the business model, you know, so on and so forth. So we are a, uh, we're an insurance brokerage. We're, we're what to call an FMO, a financial marketing organization. So we represent, I'm an insurance, I'm a life insurance agent. That's at the crux of it all. I'm a life insurance agent because what we do in the life insurance side is we, we do, we do a couple of things. We help people with retirement planning and of course with life insurance. Um, but we only work on the life insurance side. So, uh, there's financial advisors out there. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't have a, I don't have a securities license. I don't have a series 66 or 63, or any of those licenses. I don't have any desire to have those licenses. Um, I have a, a life insurance license in the state of New Mexico, but I'm licensed in other states under non-resident privileges that we're, we're allowed to do. And um, so, and I look back and it's so strange because the more I do this, the more I think back to when I ran those calls, like that awful call and it, and nothing went right. It was a, whether it was a motor vehicle crash and there was fatalities or it was a, a cardiac arrest in a house, or it was a some kind of other accident, or somebody where somebody passed away, or somebody was was critically life alteringly injured. Yeah, and I never thought about it then, right? Because we finished the call and we're like, "Hey, what's for Chow?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> because you can't get caught up in that. You can't yep. you can't ruminate in that, or you'll destroy yourself. Yep. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the first person that's brought that up, but it's it's true. You have so we have kind of that morbid humor, the gallows humor, all those kinds of things that we cope with as, as, Mm -hmm. as mechanisms. And the next mechanism is either go to the next call or let's go do something else. Let's go work out. Let's go cook, whatever, whatever's coming up next to close that chapter. But now I look back on those calls and go, golly, man, if that guy, if that 34 year old guy that was killed in that rollover, you know, there was two car seats in the back of that SUV. They were empty. He was by himself. You know, he's on his way back from the store and he was killed in a rollover. So we know he's got a couple of kids at home. Now, I think with my brain now, did he have life insurance? And and I, and I, and this is where it gets, this is the very serious part of this job 
because if he had a if he had a a good properly constructed appropriately funded life insurance policy his his wife his kids now they they've lost him they're going to miss him they're going to grieve they're going to be sad they're going to have all these all these emotions but the one thing they're not going to have is the financial stress yeah they're going to get two things they're going to get options because they're going to get the option well what do we do now what well wife let's let's say his wife is a stay home mom okay she's not going to have to like all of a sudden spring up and find a way to have to find a way to feed the kids and earn some money right so she's going to have options look i can stay continue to stay home with the kids i can bury my husband i can we can we can we're okay we can buy groceries we can pay the mortgage i can pay the car payments i can pay the utilities she has those options to be able to just okay we're good and she has the time to grieve and and that's what that's what i do now life insurance provides that in the midst of of tragedy yeah and uh and i look back cuz cuz i know what the alternative is and we're going to use that same example he doesn't have life insurance well well let's say let's say he's from here and she's not from here well now she has some choices but they're not good choices number 1 she might have to move back with her folks so the kids they're going to get pulled out of school they're going to lose all their friends they're going to have to go to some strange town or some strange wherever and and all this stuff is going to happen and so i feel committed to to talking to people about this stuff now about life insurance because you, you don't know what's going to happen to you it's true you know and so that's the the death benefit side of life insurance uh the new life insurance also has things called living benefits which i had never heard of before i mean i've yeah. never heard of i mean you ever have, have, let me ask you this ryan have you ever heard of life insurance you can use while you're still alive yeah we uh i thought that you could what was it a whole life where you could take a uh take a loan out against it um if you needed to pay whatever you're buying a right. you know yeah major right. purchase, so there's stuff like that right that's that there, there's that feature of like the permanent life insurance the whole life the universal mm-hmm. life the index universal life those things but there's a thing called living benefits that i i just i I'm, i was working with a couple last night Mm-hmm. And these policies now have have living benefits. So if you ever diagnose with like a, a critical, a chronic or a terminal illness, heart attack, stroke, cancer, um, something happens, you get into a car wreck and you, you, you wind up with mobility issues, things like that, right? We've seen all this in our patients. Yeah. You can actually access part of the death benefit while you're alive. So... Yeah. You got a million dollar policy, you might be able to access a hundred thousand dollars of it to, you know, build a ramp at your house, widen some doorways, uh, purchase a, a a modified vehicle to drive around in, because now you're you're in a wheelchair, to mm-hmm. you have to stay off work for six months while you recover from a from a heart attack. Well, if you're off work, insurance runs out at some point, sick leave runs out at some point, if you even have those. Right. And so with the living benefits, you can actually stay afloat. I mean, it's amazing, you know, and I, I never knew about these things. And so mm-hmm. now it's not just, you don't have to die for your family to get, to get the funds. You have to, you can actually be, you can actually be in these, in this position of being very ill and, and access some of these funds. And so at my age, <laughs> I'm thinking more of like the living benefits are more important for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to die. 
right. and, and leave my family with nothing. But if, what if I get like, I'm an entrepreneur now I get something, something happens to me. Uh, I may not be able to work effectively for two weeks, two months. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the life insurance side. Um, and then the other side is the retirement side. You know, we help people with things like annuities. Um, we move, you know, move, move funds around. If you're, if you're, I tell people, if you're, if you've left your job or your job has left you, which has been pretty common lately, mm-hmm. um, we can get some of those funds out of the, out of the variable market, out of the stock market, out of the mutual fund market and put it into a, a an annuity that's protected from loss. So I tell people all the time, I said, yeah, I was a fireman for 20 years. I'm really not into risk anymore. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I've, I've had, I've had my fill of that. So everything I do is, is no risk. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that it's those type of things. And I just look back at my, my application of, of what I did before and how it dovetails into what I do now is, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and then, and then the other side of that is, is, is the financial literacy. We teach people how money works. You know, most people don't understand how money works, you know, uh, most, most firefighters I know do not understand how money works, right? They, 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 I, I need, I need some money all working overtime. <laughs> yep. Right. hundred percent. You know, what am I, how, how am I selecting my fund? Do you have a deferred compensation where you work? Well, the 457B plan, do you have one of those? Well, yeah. Well, how did you pick your funds? Oh, I don't know. I just picked a number. I just picked them. Well, what's it doing? I don't know. When, when's the last time you looked at it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a statement. And let's look at it. Let's let's yeah. let's talk about what's going on here. God, you know, what's your pension? Right, all the standard answers. Right, it's it's <laughs> they, it's I, I and 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 then I'm in the same. I mean, I'm I'm 49 now. You know, to to go back in time and know what I what I know now back then would have changed my path. You know, massively. Yeah, but I'm where I but I'm where I am now because I'm supposed to be here. You know, God yeah. wants me here now doing what I'm doing now. So, um, so that's what I do, you know? And then, and then the other thing I do is, uh, is, as I recruit agents, I bring people onto my team nice. and that's another part of, that's like I said, all the leadership books that I read are behind me are because I develop other agents now. And, you know, we have people that come on and work full-time like me. We have a lot of folks that work part-time, mm-hmm. some that work even spare time, but we teach people how to do this, you know, help your family first, you know, help yourself, your immediate family, help your extended family, help your friends, you know, talk to them, get them, you know, get them insured, you know, things like that. And then we build teams because I can't help everybody. You know, there's a reason, there's a reason there's, you know, 27 fire stations in a city, right? (laughs) Cause one, one big station can't handle everybody. Yep. A hundred percent. So that's what I do. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, I mean, obviously you've, you've carried that, uh, you know, that sense of service throughout your whole life and, um, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's what I lost those few years from the time I retired to the time I started doing this, mm-hmm. uh, which is about five years, give or take. Um, I had lost my purpose. I had lost my purpose. I wasn't sure what I was doing. You know, I thought doing metal work for people was still serving or, or maybe I was helping people that way. And it, it just wasn't there. It was fun. I enjoyed sure. it. Sure. You know, creativity, working with your hands, that kind of stuff, but it wasn't my purpose. And I didn't really realize it until I, until I started doing what I do now with PHP. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And, it, you know, and that's okay. 
right? You know, that you right. that you forgot or you didn't you didn't have that purpose for a little while. And you know, it happens to everybody. You know, people might get lost for a little bit. Um, you know, maybe they have something happen or like, oh, you know, I don't really know if I can go down this path anymore. Or maybe uh this path to the right isn't for me. This path to the left isn't for me. I you know, and they're just spinning in circles, wondering where to go. And eventually it hits. Eventually right. it hits. And, you know, you're able to, you know, refine that, uh, you know, that or find that paved road for you, um, you know, in the direction that you're supposed to be going. So um, right. cool stuff. Yeah, cool man, stuff. for sure. For sure. Thanks. Well, it's, you know, that's that, that path less traveled, right? You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes right. it's that path. Sometimes you got to beat the path, you know? And yep. so those are all Make those, uh, that's the, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to, and you have to be, um, you have to be a different person when you get to some of these locations, mm -hmm. you, oh, when yeah. you're, when you're, when you're on this process, you have to, cause if you're the same person going down a different path, it's probably going to wind back around to where you were. Yeah. Very well. It's, it's a strong, strong possibility, or it's going to wind up in just the same level of place that you left. You know, yeah. you're not going to, because if you're not growing as an individual, if you're not building yourself and recreating yourself and improving yourself and being better, when you get to something better, you won't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, like we teach people the financial side and we always use the example of the lottery winners. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're as regular people as they can, but they weren't ready for that. No. And, and they almost without fail, they become incredibly wealthy instantly mm -hmm. and they don't know how to, how to handle the money or the responsibilities or all those, any of those things. And in short order, they've suffered, you know, immeasurable tragedies in their family, loss, death. Yeah. Um, and, and they wind up broke again, Yep. you know, and, and if, if someone had been able to teach them about that, beforehand which it's kind of hard to do that but mm -hmm. we try to teach as many people as we can you know oh, yeah. uh, about that responsibility so that you're prepared for that yeah what to do with that now don't don't just don't just blow the money or 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 hand it out or try try to help everybody uh by doing that kind of stuff so you gotta have it you have to learn some new skills right it's gotta be they're cal calculated moves i mean you know that's one of the things that you know i always uh you know, wanted to do if I were ever to come into, you know, money like that, right? You know, was to help everybody that I can, you know, in any way that I can, right? But it's it's got to be done in a methodical manner, otherwise, you're you're not going to have any money left to to give. Um, man, dude, if I I always say if I won the lottery, I wouldn't tell a soul other than a lawyer and a financial planner or somebody right. in that financial space. You right. know, and then okay, tell me what to do. <laughs> right, <laughs> help me figure this out. Right, money. Yeah, right. Help me figure this out because, yeah, and it's and you want that, and and that's the thing is there's such an opportunity there to do so much good. Yes, you know whether you become wealthy running your own business or you become wealthy from a from a lottery win or or a, or from an insurance, you know, death benefit payout. You lose someone close to you, and 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 you get some of that some of that, uh, that death benefit payout, you have to know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, 100%. you know, a colleague of mine is, 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 uh, fixing to pay out a, uh, a claim, uh, up in Colorado, um, 
36-year-old guy, passed away. He's got five kids. Mom stays home with the kids. Wow. Suddenly passed away. He's 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 getting her payout for $750,000. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to work with her to set her up so that she may not have to work again. Mm-hmm. And she can raise those kids. Yeah. And, and, and those kids will have, will have uh, finances to go forward. So a tragedy, yes, loss of dad is always horrible, mm-hmm. but it's not the loss of everything. Right. You know, and that's, that's what we do. You know, it's, it's what we uh, we're blessed to be able to do. I've not had to do that yet. I've not had the opportunity to pay out a claim like that yet, but it will eventually happen because yeah. that's just, that's just the law of averages. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, when it does, I'll be proud to be able to do that, but it will be, there will be that bittersweet of, you know, it had to happen, but there's worse things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got, I'm sorry, man. I got a little, it got a little kind of down and kind of, kind of, no, kind of no. serious and maybe a little morbid, but it's, 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 it's life though. Right. We've, it is. we've been there. Right. Right. We, we, we know that. And the majority of the listeners know that because they're, you know, hopefully other, you know, firemen or, um, you know, police or, you know, whatever uh, sector of public safety that they're in, you know, we all understand that it's part of life. We see it, you know, we see it quite often, damn near every day, you know, right. Um, right, but, right. uh, yeah, well, um, Mike, if you were to leave a, you know, a, a solid tip for somebody that's maybe just getting starting out, started out in business, um, you know, what would you, what would you say to them if they were looking for a great tip from Mike Romo? Gosh, you know, uh, a great tip from Mike Romo. So, um, I would say two there's kind of a two pronged part here. One is in order to, you, you, you have to, you have to understand where you are as a leader. Cause even if you're an entre, what they call the solopreneur, right? You're by yourself, right. You know? Um, and that might be where you're at with your, uh, with your marketing business and things like that. You know, it's, you may feel like that you're running your own, your own shop. You have to know where you are inside you because you have to, the first person you have to lead is yourself. Yep. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you're just going to walk around in circles or mm-hmm. in some squiggly line, right? Some squiggly path. Yep. And that can be tough to do. You can be tough to, to figure that out. So the way to do that is to read. You know, read, 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 devour everything. Um, and the second part of that is find a mentor. Find a mentor. Find somebody that is willing to pour into you and teach you. And, and make sure you're coachable so that they can pour into you and teach you um, what, what that happens. And that's a, big, that's a big component of PHP agency is the mentorship component. Um, you know, if you know it all, it's probably not the place for you. In fact, it's definitely not the place for you. But if you're coachable, if you know there's some things you want to learn, those two things. So you got to look inside yourself. And then and then I think the like I said, the reading is the is the is the biggest part of that. To that the 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 reading and the mentorship is integral for that. So sorry, I've got a little I'll I'll distill all this down at the end. And then I think the second part of that tip is you have to be willing to change. Because you can find out all about yourself. You can find out what kind of leader you are, where you are, where you need to go. But if you're not willing to change, 
it it doesn't matter. You could read a thousand books mm-hmm. and 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 you're not going to change. So the 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 business tips I have are figure yourself out and 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 find a mentor and uh and don't fear change because that's where the growth is. Yeah. I I agree 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you thank you for the tips. Hopefully uh our listeners will find them valuable. I know I did. Um and uh again Mike, thank you for um you know taking the time out today to hop on. Um where if someone's going to uh look up PHP agency, where would they find that? Do you have a website? So, um I uh our website is not a big deal because we're in the people business, you know. Um, I don't have my own site. I haven't built up one yet. Um, but I, I use a lot of social media for my uh, my marketing and recruiting and and, and adding value to people. So, uh, Instagram is uh, my first place. It's okay. at mikeromo.php. Um, love if you'd come by, follow, comment, that kind of stuff. I'm also on LinkedIn, which is I think how we found each other, right, Ryan? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn is my other choice. I've got my personal Facebook. Um, you know, shoot me a friend request, but I'm just, uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm building my team, building the the agency that way. And I'd say this, you know, if anybody's interested in doing a, a, a little bit of side hustle, learning more about the financial services side, helping other folks, uh, reach out to me in one of those places and, uh, we'll sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it's about and we'll see if you're a fit for us or and we're a fit for you. And, and we can go from there because I can't help everybody. I, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And and having first responders who understand this, the need, yeah, you know, um, I have a I have a handful of them on my team already, um, some retired, some still some still working, but yeah, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, haven't done a TikTok yet. I just haven't got. I've got so much else going. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll put all the uh, social media links in the show notes. So that way, um, you know, people want to come find you, they know where to go. Um, again, man, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out, to, um, you know, to hop on and talk to us today. And, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk again and have you on the show again in the future. I, you know what, I'd love to come on the show. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I almost I, I can't help but say this. So um, before we go, my yeah. uh, our company holds holds what we call it a big event every, about yeah. every six months. So we got a big company event and we got a, an organizational big event. And our next one is actually going to be in January in Houston, Texas. And okay. our guest, our guest speaker, John C. Maxwell. Awesome. Coming to talk to us. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm really excited to see him, to meet him um, and, and to, and to, and to, to speak with him. And so that's the kind of stuff that we do in our company. That's the kind of stuff they, they put us in front of leaders, winners, athletes, the people that, that shape the world. And so, um, that's why I have this confidence to come on here and talk about this kind of stuff now, because I've grown, because I've changed and, yeah. uh, and I love what I do. And Ryan, I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on here and talk to the, 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 the viewers and listeners for first two entrepreneurs. It's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a joy. I would love to come back on it um, at yeah, some point. And, uh, and I'm excited and uh, I'll make sure to devour the the episodes that I haven't had a chance to, to devour yet because I gotta, I gotta share those with my people too. So. Awesome. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. All right, Mike. Thank you again, brother. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks. Bye, Ryan. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to the First Do Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.